Welcome, welcome, welcome to the All Scotching King Soccer Podcast Show. We have a very special episode ahead of us. Mm. It's our 17th episode. Right, Kerry? I believe so, yeah. It's I lose been... track, man. I lose track. Oh, man. It's been 17. We have a lot of fun getting together yeah. and talk about soccer. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, I dreamed of becoming a soccer player. Play in front of a big crowd, win trophies, but even move abroad and be a professional player full time. Same here, same here. You know, I did as well, Oz. I did as well. Dreaming once you're out there, kicking the ball around in the front yard or in the street or with your friends. You dreaming of playing in league finals, Premier League, Alsvenskan, MLS, whichever. Exactly. For me, it was, you know, dream of starting maybe in Alsvenskan and then move abroad. Yeah. But, you know, as I grow up, I also thought about, you know, MLS might be a good step. Before I come to a bigger league in Europe, MLS could be a good window to right. actually perform. You had a few uh, Swedish players in MLS, but for you, I understand it was more like I want to reach to MLS, but represent my home country, home home league. Yes, essentially. And then, of course, from there, you know, who knows what take you from there? But to really make myself an MLS, I've definitely had those dreams. Make myself a superstar and. and for the New York Red Bulls or even Atlanta. What do you think about them in this? Uh, it's a league that's close to my heart. It's, it's. I think it's one of the most competitive leagues in the world. And I mean that seriously. It's so competitive. A lot of teams can win at any time. There's so many teams at the start of the season that actually have a shot at winning it. I think the quality is good. I think the quality is style of play. The level of play is better than a lot of people give it credit for. But it's still a league that improving that needs improvement especially if it wants to get to the best of the best be right there up with like the Premier League or La Liga or Serie A still got a ways to go but I think it's such a fun exciting league that mixes both US culture American culture sports culture yeah with with some traditional soccer European culture it's definitely a league that's growing yeah I mean if you look at the fans they show up for games it's increasing yeah uh, TV rights are increasing um, salaries are increasing and you also start getting better and better quality players yeah and uh, MLS to me is you know growing up to be honest with you right mm. um, growing up and you you open up the newspapers and you look at the different scores it was always a bit funny to see teams like you know New York New Red England, Bulls right, yeah. or New England Revolution Revolution <laughs> or um, it was it was uh, almost seemed like not serious. It's like they try to. I agree. Uh, in a way, they the names almost sound like they're trying to make the names like really exciting. Right. You know something that. That you often get with American sports team names like that. But I guess that's it, right? They have adapted some of that. They adapted some of the American sports culture, but also some influences from European, right. South American soccer as well. Definitely. Um, since I moved here, I have got a different respect for MLS. It is relatively good league. There are a lot of teams that are competitive, similar to Swedish. Yeah. That's Svenska. Right. A lot of teams there are. Um, can we win each game? You don't really know what the score will be beforehand. And definitely is going with the interest. So we have a special guest for today's episode. And uh, we are going to talk to Mohamed Sayed, 
that plays for Colorado Rapids. He's been playing in the MLS since 2015 and came from the Swedish Allsvenskan team Örebro SK. Ah. So, so that's my hometown. That's my hometown's big club in the Swedish Allsvenskan. So it's going to be really exciting to actually listen to what Mo has to say about has to say about growing up in Sweden, playing in the Swedish Allsvenskan. And also his move to teams like Columbus Crew, yeah. Minnesota United, yeah. and now at Colorado Rapids. How has his journey been throughout these different clubs? What's the biggest differences between Sweden and U.S. Yeah. as a country, but also in as the soccer? Way. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I'm excited. I've always wanted to get a nice perspective on, particularly from an MLS standpoint, that what it's like to be a player in MLS. What it's like to be a professional soccer player in general. Okay. Okay, let's do it then. Let's do it then. Let's do it. Welcome to the 17th episode of Oscotch and King Soccer Soccer Podcast Podcast Show. Show. Tjamo, allt bra eller? Ja, mycket bättre nu. Ja, det är bra. Eller? Jo, det är bra. Jo, det är bra. Mannen, du torar runt USA mer än mig alltså. Nej, <laughs> 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 vad ska man säga? <laughs> det finns ingen stad du inte varit på snart. Faktiskt. Tack för att du är med i vår show. Um, I want to introduce you... I want to introduce you to Kerry. Kerry sitting next to me right here. Kerry, say hi to Mo. Hello, Mo. Nice to meet you. Nice to talk to you. Nice to meet you too. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How have you been, man? Good, thank you. Good. Yourself? We are good too, man. Yeah, we are man. good too. Yeah. We have good trips coming up and life is good, man. Nothing to complain, you know? It's a real nice day out. <laughs> we played. We played. Um, we had a game last week, and we won the final. So I, I've scored three goals in the final. So no complaints, you know. <laughs> 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 
Man, I want to talk to you, man. You are a very interesting person to talk to. You play in the MLS and you are from Sweden. Not originally, though. So we kind of want to talk about your background to begin with. Okay. Um, so can you a bit, little bit talk about uh, where did you grow up? So uh, I was born in Sweden. Um, grew up uh, kind of half and half between Sweden and uh, England. I moved from Sweden when I was 11 um, to go play for uh, West Bromwich Albion in, uh, in England. And I was there for uh, eight years. Okay. Uh, That's a long time. Yeah, yeah, I was playing for the academy. And uh, uh, yeah, everything was uh, was going good until like my uh, my last year where I found out I wasn't getting uh, the first in contract that I, that I uh, so badly wanted. Uh, so I had to find a way to kind of uh, revive my career because after I... A meeting with them, I was told that <clears throat> uh, I wasn't gonna make it as a professional player. Uh, you know, they were like, oh, "Your size is small. You weigh too little." Uh-huh. Um, so, like every, literally every excuse they could give, they did. And um, and after that, they were like, "Yeah, we seen your parents, and you know, we don't think you're gonna grow anymore." Blah blah blah. Uh, How old so were you then? That was 18, 18 gonna turn nineteen. Okay. I hate those excuses, wow. man. You hear, I hear those excuses all the time. Like, here with you, yeah. I've heard it with. I mean, obviously, Messi with so many players, they're told they're too small. Yeah, they always end up like you know, <laughs> end up making it in the end. Anyways, like, what do you know? How can you be too small? Yeah, I mean, really, I, that's <clears throat> that's one of the worst part of uh, football because um, you can't really tell a young kid, you know, if he's gonna make it or not make it. You know the. The game is so big, it's in so many countries that, you know, um, the possibilities are there, you know. And yeah. You just got to find a way to, to, to be in the right system, uh, play for the right team, uh, right manager at the right time. Uh, and, you know, it's it's going to take a lot of hard work, of course, and, you know, a lot of sacrifice because nothing comes cheap in the game. Uh, but, um, you know, you're really disappointed when you hear... Uh, of course. People say, "Well, you're not gonna make it." You know, how, how do you know that? Yeah. Just because you don't like my style or you don't think I will make it, doesn't mean that it's finished. You understand? Yeah. Uh, I heard that a lot when I was growing up too. I didn't get yeah. the chances for the size or right. different things like that. But when you were at West Brom at that age, how how you know how was you? practices you know how did you develop your game in different way that you think you wouldn't get in sweden um uh, well um uh, uh, you know i was training uh, full-time basically um since i was 16 uh mm. you know it was between there and then i would go to college they would take me to college and then that was that was our day so um i did have a lot of spare time on my hand and um, I tried to do a lot of, you know, extra work, you know, the things that I was good at, I was trying to uh, make even better. Um, right. Because uh, that's the only way you're going to make it, you know, you develop your strength. Uh, and um, the technical part was, was my strength. So I tried to develop that as much as possible. And, you know, when I was um, told that, that, that was it. So I, I had to find a way to um, to revive my career. And uh, I didn't actually go back straight away to Sweden. I went to uh, Holland 
Oh really? And uh, yeah, I was trialing for uh, for a couple of teams. I was trialing for uh, Nick Nijmegen. Yeah. Erwin. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, who else was it? Who was trialing for Groningen? Oh yes, yes, a couple of big ones. A couple of pretty sizable clubs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I, I did uh, have a good uh, games with them. I scored for for all the teams I was playing for, and. Uh, but there was an issue with with the agent that I had at the time. I didn't know him for long, and he was the one that took me to Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that maybe he wanted uh, a bigger piece of the of the cake. I don't know exactly what really? was going on with the discussions, but you know, I, I would like to think that you know, after he scored two goals and one goal in in each of the games that you play for the all the, the different teams, that you know, something something good is going on. But um, I, I think he wanted too much money and. That didn't work out. So um, you didn't get any offer there. Sorry. So you didn't get any offer then. I didn't hear anything. I, I just heard they wanted me to come back because I talked to the coach, uh, to all the coaches actually. And uh, in Holland, they are very straightforward. It's not like, yeah, we'll call you back. It's either a yes or a no. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, okay. And so they were like, yeah, we want you to come back. Uh, but something happened. Something happened in the process, uh, and. Uh, Basically, I didn't hear anything, um, so I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what to do, um, and so uh, I called uh, one of my uh, uh, coaches that, that I had when I was younger in in, in Sweden. Um, his name is uh, Thomas Lenz, and um, that was like the day before the transfer window closed. So uh, just in time, I was like yeah, you know, I don't have any place to go. Um, can you get me into uh, BK Forward, um, which is a third division team? Yeah, or it was a third division team at the time, and uh, a lot of a lot of good talents was playing yes. at that time in forward. Right, right, right. And so he was like, "Okay, um, you know, uh, obviously he hadn't seen me for what is it now, eight, nine years. Um, so he doesn't know. Maybe you know, I've lost." The, the game that I had when I was younger or maybe I'm better you know it's a big risk and, yeah, it is. and uh, um, the coach didn't uh, I mean he didn't really know me either I mean he did but he didn't like he'd never seen me play for right. a long time right uh, so he drove from Örebro to Stockholm to to finalize my my papers because it was going to take too long of time to to fax it over wow um, so he drove two hours uh, all the way to Stockholm, and uh, he handed in the paper to the transfer committee, and uh, he was like, "Okay, now everything is done." And um, I came back, and I uh, I had a six month contract with with uh, BK Forward, <clears throat> so I came back um, like two or three weeks after you know the the, the papers were handed in. Uh, moved to Sweden. I lived with my grandma, and. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I lived with my grandma, and the first six months, I was actually struggling um, to adapt to everything that was going on, you know, from hearing that you're not going to make it to all of a sudden finding a third division team, you know, when you want to play in the highest division, nobody really knew me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was dealing with a lot of things, you know, uh, uh, money-wise, financially, like how am I going to uh, be able to support uh, support myself and, like, pay for 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 the for the rent with my grandma i mean she never asked me to pay anything but you know you feel obligated to yeah to yeah. at least help with something you know and i was only getting like 50 dollars a game if i played mm. 
So uh, let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this then. After you got a couple of no's and even close to come to Holland and play in a in Eredivisie team, and now you in forward, like was it any point where you were like in doubt or you were oh, what's gonna happen with me or with it in future? Um, now I'm in this league. Yeah. Was there any doubt th- that you felt like? Yeah, I mean, I felt, I'm not even going to lie. I felt that every day. Mm. It was like, you know, am I really going to make it? Am I not going to make it? And, you know, the thing is that I had strong faith. So I was always praying. And, you know, what's what's meant to be is meant to be for me. I understand, like, there's always a better plan, whether it's football or something else. Uh, although it was hard for me to, to see that at the time. Uh, but I still, like... So hey, uh, listen, I'm good enough. I seen some of the players, and I was like, if he can play, I can play, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a difficult period because you you know you always hear well you know oh, they're interested they these are interested but then you don't hear anything else. So every time you think okay, I've played a good game, nobody says anything, you know, and just just interest. That's it. Yeah, that's so frustrating. So, so frustrating with yeah. you. You feel like you did yeah. well enough to get that recognition. And you don't get it. Right. So it's just like, what am I doing wrong? Almost. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. so, how did you eventually overcome it? Um. So. Uh, so I. It was a six-month contract uh, with with Forward, and uh, I'm not even gonna lie. I was maybe one of the worst players on the team. Uh, everything was bad that 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 during that period, and they were fighting relegation. So they just needed someone to come in and. Um, to perform straight away, uh, and I wasn't at that level uh, either physically, mentally, or technically. Uh, I was struggling with so many different things, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so, uh, the owner uh, told me, Tosh uh, Demidini, uh, his name is. He passed away a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and he said to me, uh, "Like I really like, I can see the potential in you." Uh, I really like the way you play, and he was like, uh, "I want to give you a new um, two-year contract." Uh, and I was like, "Okay, that sounds very good." You know, I appreciate that you at least believe in me. But even though you know it wasn't it wasn't big money, I was gonna make like a hundred now a game instead of like fifty, right. uh, which is a, a little bit better. And I'm still young, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So um, the season gets there, and um, the coach Thomas Benson he was like. Oh, uh, I don't know. Like some games, I would play and I would play very good. And he would be like, "Ah, uh, the next game we're playing physical team, so um, I want to play a physical centre midfielder instead of you." And he would put me on the bench. So let me and tell. Let me tell a bit quick. Like uh, Mo's his playing style is uh, he's very technical. He's yeah, quick. Yeah. He's fast, and he's very good with the ball, as in passing crosses. And his left foot is uh, his, you know, big strength. Yeah. I so see. he's really that playmaker in the middle that can get the game up a bit faster, keep the tempo a bit more in speed. Actually, I wanted to. Uh, I'll let you get back to your story in a second. But I've watched you a couple of times this season and last season with uh, in MLS, and yeah, I noticed how you seem so, uh, like I said, technical. Uh, you seem to have great close control, quick player. And I wonder, that seems like almost perfect for like a sort of indoor style uh, style of play. So I wonder if, you, if you've if you played like a lot of indoor growing up throughout your development, if that sort of shaped you at all? 
Yeah, of course. Um, in Sweden, it's it's very normal that you play uh, futsal. Mm, yeah, perfect. And our team happened to be one of the best teams in in Sweden. It was our team, uh, and it was BFP uh, Bromo Poikana, and um, they had players who from both teams. I think maybe we have 10, 15 players that made it pro. Oh wow! Yeah, that, <laughs> amazing generation, man. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, you never hear that. Even two or three people make it professional, you know. Uh, yeah. But indoor is so technical and so fast. Yeah. So you got to be so quick in your mind too. And these guys yeah. were playing with each other all the time. Um, so that definitely helped your development for sure. But how did it? How what? How, keep going with the story, man. With with uh, Thomas at uh, forward when you got the two year contract. How did that go? Yeah. So, yeah. so I signed the two year contract, and then uh, like. Uh, I'd play a game against uh, Sirius, who is now in uh, Alsvenskan, but at the time they were in Division 1, which is Division 3 here, if you can translate it. Gotcha. And uh, um, I had one of the best games, and you know, even the manager came and was like, yeah, you're the best player that's played on this pitch, on on their, on their um, grass. And I was like, oh, thank you very much, I, I appreciate it. Um, and then he dropped me to the bench the next game. And he was like, yeah, this is a physical game. I was like, okay, it don't it, really. It didn't matter to me, and it was like a, hmm. a bad <laughs> excuse for him just to drop me to the bench. Uh, so I, I sat on the bench in the next game, and uh, we lost. And then the game after, it was like, yeah, well, this one is more of a you know running game, and blah blah blah. He came up with the craziest excuses. And I was like, <laughs> okay, uh, I'd sit on the bench for second time in a row, and then the third time, same thing. And I was like, yo, like, what's going on? You know, uh, you can't be... The whole league is is physical now, you know? So I was so frustrated, you know? I was like, what's going on? Because we had a lot of players uh, at the time. I, I think uh, Ahmed Yassin was there. Yeah. And uh, uh, Yusuf Ibrahim was there. Yeah. Uh, we both played in the, in the Auschwitzka. And he would like he would drop all of us, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, we don't need this, blah blah blah." Like he would find any excuse, basically. Uh, I mean, you you were you were hit by you were hit by the Yante law, you know. Like you have yeah. to, you kind of have to wait for your turn or your time. Right. You have to right. wait until it's the right moment, or the right age for you. You know, you kind of was yeah. hit in that pocket, man. So did you? Yeah, I mean, I I was depressed too. I was like, "What the hell's going on?" You know, like, because you know, I, w- I wanted to help. Of, of, of course, my my grandma, you know, with, with the apartment still like hundred a game. If I play, it's it's not much really, like mm-hmm. compared to you know mm-hmm. what, what kind of rent she paid and you know for the food and all, all the stuff. So you know, I was thinking about this kind of stuff. You know, like yeah. if I, if I'd make an, uh, a substitute appearance, I'd still get the full amount. And sometimes, I remember one time, the, the third game, I came in when it was literally like 10 seconds left. And I didn't even care if we won or if we lost. All, all I cared about is if I get my $100 right. or not. So I can at least, you know, give, give my grandma. Yeah. And that's all I cared about. Seriously, I didn't even care about the game. We could have lost 3 four, zero. I didn't <laughs> care. Uh, and... Uh, I mean that's that's the stage you got to uh, with him. Like that's that's how desperate I was, and um, and uh, I would always uh, ask. We had Axel Shell. He was still playing. Uh, oh yeah. 
He's the assistant coach so, for Erebro now. Yeah, he's the assistant coach at Erebro uh, right now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, I would always ask him, because he's a centre-back, but he was injured. He had an eye injury. Um, and he, I was like, um, what am I doing wrong? What am I, you know? And he would always be honest with me. He would be like, yeah, you did this right and this wrong. And, you know, he'd give me good good uh, feedback. Nice. Uh, and so I really appreciated it, and I was always asking him. He like he would always come to the younger guys and tell us, you know, what we needed to do and what you know we could have done better and um, stuff like that. And I really think that's what really got my confidence up because at the end of that year, we just about uh, came above the relegation zone and we stayed in the league. And the coach got sacked, and we hired Axel Shell, who was. The, the the player the oh. season before but it, due to injury he had to call his his career um, time right and uh, and when he came coach the first thing he did was take all of us to to um, a training camp in Spain uh, Barcelona and he sat me down him and Juan uh, Svensson who's um, the physio coach uh, physical physical coach yeah. and uh, um, he was like yeah we want to build the, the team around you um, you know you, you're going to be the centerpiece and for me that year that was my last year of the two year contract that was it like I will, in my mind it was either I make it this year or I stop playing oh uh, it come to that point really it was it, it came to that point I was you know gonna turn 21 uh, and um you know, I felt like uh, I'm the oldest in my family, so I felt like I had to help my family in in a way. Um, and I was able to do that with a hundred a month, you know, or a hundred a game if we play what sixteen games a year, maybe. Uh, yeah. What am I gonna do with the rest? You know. Yeah. Um, so so it, it really came to that point, and I was always taking night walks and thinking about you know everything that I could do to to either help my family or help my grandma. Um, and it's not really that the pressure that came from them it came from myself you understand like I felt obligated because I'm the oldest I have siblings and, and they all look up to me so do you um, think it's uh, a bit of your background culture where your parents uh, are from of course of yeah. course uh, in, uh, I think so anyway like growing up always look up to your parents and your parents are always the ones taking care of their parents and you know their brothers and sisters and um, it's all like a big family, you it understand? Is. So when you see that and like growing up, you see that you don't want to be anything different because it's not a bad thing. Um, mm -hmm. At the end of the day, like it, it's really what helped me um, develop, I think, because it gave me that, you know, you got to make it. So you got to do everything possible. You got to work harder. You got to, you know, um, want it more. And uh, You almost have to like grow up fast as well, too, I'm guessing. Cause like you said, you were still you were still young, just still 19, 20, 21, That's still young, but you really have got to, to mature quickly. Right, right. But the thing is, you know, the people around you didn't make you feel like you was young. You know, like, um, and I don't even say people around your family and stuff. It's like people you see on the street, like, oh yeah, you're twenty, twenty one. You know, where like uh, people that's old in football. You yeah. Know, when you look in Europe, it's it's very old. It is. Um, yeah. Twenty. It's not. Yeah. You're not a young talent anymore, you understand? So you got to be up there quality-wise to be able to uh, to sign a, a, a good deal. Uh, and so uh, I didn't know, like, uh, I was in my own world for, for like a month or two until the season started. 
and uh, and when the season started everything just clicked for me um, <laughs> the first game we played I scored a free kick and we won 2-0 and after that I, was, I, I think I scored 8 goals and like Aye. 15 assists nice, nice. Yes. And, uh, and, and it was thanks to really a lot of puzzles that you know came together you know first of all my coach getting sacked and then getting Axel um, <laughs> who actually believed in me you know um, and, and gave uh, you chances to gave, play he gave me the chance and, and I actually repaid him with, with, with the quality I gave him on the field like right. we were among the top team but I'm not saying it was just because of me we had a lot of good players on the team that actually you know uh, had high levels of, uh, of uh, performances and uh, all of that together, it made it easier for myself. And um, do you still yeah. talk to him? Yeah, yeah, we, we talk every now and then. Uh, I haven't talked to him for a while now, but when I'm back, I always go visit um, the team. You know, um, of course, you can't forget the people who helped you make it. You know, uh, and uh, he was one of the biggest, one of the biggest reasons why I did. Because you eventually. Um, got a transfer to Urbro Esco, and that's our hometown um, club. And uh, I, you know, I can just imagine, right? Like playing in the city, you growing up, and you know so many people in that city, and uh, gotta be really nice feeling to go out to that pitch and start a game. When you know that you have your family, your friends, and it's also your hometown, um, it's gotta be a good feeling to come to that point where from where you heard that you're gonna get no's, you're gonna get, you won't make it. But now you were playing in Allsvenskan in the highest top league in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Gotta be a nice feeling, man. Do you remember your first uh, game when you played for Erbro? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I, I thought I played a shit game, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, seriously, that that was my thought. But the thing is, like everything wasn't like oh very nice, you know. You you scored this amount of goals in Division One, and um, we're gonna sign you. No, know, it was like I had to go on trial to to I think four or five teams. Like I went to Mamo, I went to Mialdi, I went to uh, I was in Arbu, and my my time with Arbu was like the longest trial ever. Really, like three months. It was three months. I was there for three months. So, and uh, and of course, like it's back to to zero now. You know, like I'm on trial for three months. I'm not getting paid. I'm not, you know. Um, yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, like how am I gonna pay them now? You know, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I'm back to root zero again. Uh, and uh, yeah, I was there for for the longest time, and uh, we had uh, Sixten as as our coaching in Arubu at the time, and he was, you know, um, talking to me and. Uh, it was like, yeah, we, we really want to sign, but we need to get rid of one player who's playing in the opposition. Um, and for me, I thought that was all bullshit because, you know, everybody says that, you know. Uh, yeah, we want to sign you, but it's always a but. Yeah. Um, it's never, like, straightforward. Uh, and so I was like, oh, here we go again. But I was like, <laughs> I have nothing to do anyways. And uh, uh, BK4 tried to get me to sign a new contract because that way they would get paid if, I signed with uh, Aspen's team and I was like, nah, I'm good. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> they were like, no, you, but we still can pay you like 8000 for at least until December. But like, yeah. in my mind, it was like, okay, if I do sign that, what happened? there must be something. I mean, they can't be just giving me free money and, and 
you know, not expecting something back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, no, nah, I'm good, thank you. I'd rather live poor for for five, six months and uh, um, try to get a contract legit. Yeah. Um, and so I was on trial for three months and then um, uh, finally they were going to offer me a contract. That was like um, two weeks before uh, the season was going to start. And um, so uh, I go upstairs and uh, we talk to uh, Magnus Holtmark, who is the sporting director, and he was like, come from it. You are. Uh, we don't, we're not signing you because we think uh, that you're gonna play or stuff. We're just signing you because the fans wanted someone from from the local area. Blah blah blah. And so after said that, like my 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 head stopped working. You know, I was like, what is he just saying? Is you it, kidding me? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. I'm like, is that what I'm hearing? Like, because that, that's not what the coach said. That's just from the sporting director. You understand? Like wow. the coach said completely different things. But at the time, I didn't. I didn't think about it like that. I was like, "Yo, this this guy is really just saying he just wants me for." Uh, that's a uh, joke, man. That's uh That's yeah. uh Almost like an insult. It's like, is that all I'm it good was, for? <laughs> it was. It was. But I took it in a positive way. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna show this guy. You know." Yeah. He doesn't know anything. Okay, he's getting. You know, a uh, sporting director, wow, anybody can do that job. You know, it's not hard to <laughs> sign a player and get rid of a player. You know, I could do that. I do that every day on Football Manager. <laughs> you know, and uh, it was like, yeah, we, you know, basically, we're not signing you because we need you. We're just signing you just so you're an extra guy. You're not even going to make the squad. Damn. So me walking out there, walking out from there, I was like, shit, I hit the jackpot. I'm still getting paid and he wants me to, to be the, the 19th man, you know, see for training. <laughs> Uh, but I was like, uh, at the same time, I was like, yo, listen, I want my level to be even higher. So, you know, I got to keep working, you know, forget about what he says. Uh, so uh, the season starts, we have a game. And then one day before the game, um, Sixten calls me and he was like, uh, how are you? I'm good. Um, he said, uh, what do you think about tomorrow? Are you ready to start? I was like, yeah. He was like, okay, you're starting tomorrow. I was like, what? From hearing, you know, a couple of days ago that I'm just there to, to make number <laughs> job, so all of a sudden I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. Uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a nice feeling, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, I gotta, I gotta start performing now. Um, and I did perform, like in in the preseason games, I was always performing and stuff. So it wasn't like just lucky that you know I got the call up. I I, I felt that I deserved the call up. So it's like now it's up to me to show that you know I can play, and. Um, but I remember you. I remember you seeing you play, of course, in at Arabo. But I also remember. Oh. I also remember you took a lot of penalties for the team. Yeah. You were the kind of main penalty taker, right? Yeah, I kind of became that. You know, the first one I just took the ball and then I scored, and after that, I, you know, I just picked the ball up every time. <laughs> Uh, to me. But usually I did take even for for uh, West Brom when I was younger. I used to be the the guy who takes the penalties, so um, it wasn't something new to me. Um, and you know, um, I, I felt comfortable with, with that. So, I mean, you were. I remember you were a lot of still. You were a lot of in and out from the starting eleven, weren't you? The first year I wasn't actually. The first year I started near enough every game um, nice. until like the summertime and. I think I got um, a hamstring injury um, first on the right and then on the left. Oh man! Um, so 
uh, I had that, and then I came back and I started again. Um, but um, yeah, the, the first year I had a, I had a very good year, a productive year. Uh, I had like two or three assists uh, from a defensive player. Uh, you know, as a young guy, who nobody really expected. You know, that's gonna actually make the squad, make the team. I was I was playing a lot with uh, along with uh, William Atashkade, who was. I thought was uh, one of the best strikers. Mm. Mm. Ben, tell me about uh, because I was talking to Kerry earlier, and we were like, um, since you can tell him, Kerry, about your dreams to play in the. I mean, well, I guess being an American, growing up with MLS, uh, yeah, I definitely had these dreams of going to playing in MLS with. My team, the New York Red Bulls, playing even with Atlanta, so they get a team going to MLS Cup. Uh, I'm curious to hear what your your uh, transition was like once you eventually did go to MLS from Orobro, and what it's like playing in MLS. Um, I mean, uh, I didn't think it was a, like a big transition. Sometimes for 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 some players, it's a big difference, and for others, it's near enough the same. Um, it's just I think it's just about the mentality mm. um, you know if you you know a player if you have you know the technique you have the speed of play it doesn't really matter what what, um, what league you're playing you can always adapt and some players can do that and other players can't I'm not saying I'm one of the best players in the world but I did adapt pretty well because of the style that we played um, in Columbus um, was a very um, productive style where you know we'd keep the ball for most of the time and yeah. um, make the, the opposition tired and that's how we created a lot of chances uh, yeah the real you're a real exciting team that Columbus team in 2015 right. I remember and uh, I know you were a part of that you eliminated my Red Bulls in the playoffs so thanks yes, for that <laughs> um, but I bet it helps it helps as well like with MLS and Alsvenskan, I know they run the same sort of schedule, like they run through the right. summer, so that's pretty easy transitioning there. Um, but there are definitely some differences that uh, yeah. MLS that you know a lot of places don't necessarily do. Was there anything that you had to that you had trouble with adapting to? Yeah, um, the time differences, the you know the traveling. Traveling, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know how. Uh, the traveling, I think, was the biggest difference, and and the time difference is because at the time we was on the east coast, so yeah. Anytime we traveled, to, uh, we, I remember we had a game one time in uh, Vancouver, so we had to fly all the way over there. I think it was like seven hours or something. That's why <laughs> going back to Europe. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we had a midweek game that 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 week as well. Um, so we had to fly straight after the game, um, charter flight to uh, Boston where we had a game on mm. turf. And yeah, the both games were actually on turf. Yeah, uh, and it was like, uh, is this what MLS is about? Like you, you travel this amount of distances and um, these time differences, you know? Because it was like three or four hours time difference, and I know, but the game <laughs> late, so it was like seven o'clock. But in Columbus, it was like uh, ten, eleven o'clock, you know? Yeah. And people were already like a little bit tired, but. I, I think that's something that takes time to get used to. I think that's that's the biggest. Even I think the big stars. I, I remember uh, reading something that Gerard said. He's he was so surprised with the the, the amount of travel they had to do. Um, and I think that's the the, the big big um, something. Uh, the, the big uh, problem that you have coming mm. to the MLS. Mm. 
what about the players that you played with in Columbus? Like, uh, talk about big stars. You had uh, Federico Iguain, who lit up the league for for some time, man. Like, was it like playing with him with some other players? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we had Kai Kamara as well. Yeah. Um, so he was top scorer like, that year, I think, wasn't he? Top scorer that that season, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. I think he came like second or something. I like think that. so. Yeah. Uh, because of the assist, Jovinko had more assists. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was like uh, twenty-two okay. goals, I think, that season. Twenty-two, yeah, twenty-three yeah. goals. Uh, but I think Jovinko just had more assists. But yeah. That... What, what do what you? Does, have... Yeah. You you learn a lot from these kind of players. You know, uh, Kamara was in Premier League before. And... Um, Higuain was playing for Besiktas and you could see the way he plays is just like it looks like he has so much time every time he has the ball mm. and uh, you just watch him and you're like he's always a step ahead or two steps ahead of people um, and that's something I look up to you know um, being a midfield myself and uh, you know seeing seeing the the style of play that he had but also um, the character of, of Kamara that he had, you know, yeah. he wanted to win every game, and uh, he was a big character, really. Uh, I'm curious and, uh, about something, man. I'm curious about something, um, mm-hmm. like, uh, um, like I feel sometimes when I play, I have also like a lot of time. It's not MLS level at all, but it's something with uh, you know, you are very talented, you good player, but yet you're telling me about another player that seem to have so much time with the ball he's a bit faster thinking yeah. i mean yeah. you think he he sees the puzzles or he thinks faster on the field like how can we address that maybe, you know what i'm saying may, I, I, yeah i know what you're saying maybe it's that or maybe it's just the experience you know when when you're older like now i feel like i'm better than when i was 21 because of the experience I don't have to you know some situations I don't have to run I can just stand still and like there's just different aspects of the game that you learn with time and mm. I don't know if it's um, that aspect that you know got him to, to the level that he is or you know some players they just have it naturally in them like you, you watch any league in Europe and then you, you look at Ozil and you, you think how how is he having that much yeah. space in the Premier League where people argue is the best league in the world yeah and you know it's just some people just have it naturally you yeah know? Uh, I feel like it's a combo between intuition and experience you know like of it's kind of like you kind of get the because it's not like on the field you're like thinking okay he makes that run now I'm gonna pass it it's more like just happening on its own yeah. right 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 I mean um, because you guys also made it to the MLS Cup final man yeah Tell me about that experience. We watched it on TV. We did, yeah, yeah we right. watched it. Yeah, we did. I think a lot of people watched it, you know. <laughs> no, but we were an exciting team, so we didn't want to change anybody. I think that was uh, one of the... It, it could be uh, counted as uh, as being cocky or arrogant or uh, whatever you could call it, you know. Uh, we didn't want to change for anybody, and that's, that's what got us to the final. But in the final, we made a few mistakes, and... Uh, you know, uh, controversial final. Uh, I remember for sure. Yeah, controversial. The first one was, uh, yeah. I think, uh, when he, the keeper tried to cry fit. Yeah, which is normal because the the thing is, he did that all season. You know, it worked, and then just that one time, it didn't work, and 
all of a sudden everything you know but it's easier to highlight the goalkeepers you know yeah. uh, mistake than it is like a midfield absolutely or a uh, but um yeah there and then the the ball was out clearly out of bounds yeah <laughs> the, the, sec- the second goal and i don't understand how they didn't see it but um yeah so the, the two two zero in in a final it's very difficult to come back but we nearly did make it but it's it's a big ask um yeah. even though the style of play that we had we created a lot of chances every game but were you um, were you say nervous going into the final were you excited there was a final at home you played it at home I so. mean, um i can only describe what i felt and i felt um i don't i never like never really feel nervous i feel more excited than nice. everything um uh, like look forward to the game i really want to play um, and um, that's how it always been. Um, but what I, I think, what you can say? Nah, go ahead, go ahead, say. No, I think that that's the way you know you should approach it. You know, some people if they're nervous, they play good, which is fine. You know, everybody have their own you know build up to to a game. Right. So what about like the when you have so many fans watching? Do you? Does it happen that you you players that kind of look up on this stance or do you just <laughs> close them out? Uh, I think some people do look at look at the stands. Some people look at yeah. you know, the crowd. Some people crumble. Some people relish it. I love it. Um, uh, I don't really care if it's ten people watching or if it's uh, thousands of people watching. It's it's all the same. We're all coming to watch. Just a soccer, I mean, football game, and uh, you know that's. Uh, I don't try to make it. I mean, of course, it's a final and stuff, but that that's something that should uh, uh, inspire you to do well. It should be uh, motivation enough yeah. to you know um, not be nervous. It's it's a one-time thing. You know, you never know when you're gonna be in the final again. Yeah, that actually uh, that uh, question just got me curious just now thinking of it, and uh, this may be hard to answer, but. Uh, regarding the fans and fans uh-huh. in MLS and fans in Alsvenskan, um, uh-huh. I'm sure you've played and been to games with, and there's such a nice, distinguished fan culture of like Malmo or Hammarby. How would you say that sort of compares? You could say it's better, worse, whatever, to MLS, where the fan culture is still definitely growing. It's on the rise, but it's still growing. Yeah. It's very different, you know, like. You don't really have the tailgate in, in Europe, you know. People go there just to watch the game and mm-hmm. go home, you know, enjoy the game while it's played. Um, here in America, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to have tailgate. It's a good thing mm-hmm. and a bad thing, but it's a good thing because you see all the kids outside playing. And, um, they're all coming to watch a game, um, you know what I mean? The, the, the parents are enjoying the game too. Yeah, It's yeah. like a big event, you understand? And um, it's, a, it's a positive thing but it's just it's very different how um, American sports in general are compared to Europe you yeah. know like uh, people just go to watch the game and that's it you know they'd never go for uh, for a break during uh, during the game to try to get something to eat or something like that <laughs> um, you'd always see people on, in their seats uh, right. when the game has started you you can catch some some people coming a little bit late and stuff like that, but in general, people are in their seats before the game has started um, to to actually watch the game. Um, but uh, 
I think on average, the, the attendance, it's much better in the MLS. Um, and like you said, it's growing um, and it's nice to see, you know, I've been here now two. this is my third season and you could still see it, uh, you know, the, the attendance is increasing and, um, you know, more people getting involved in the game, uh, seeing that it's really a simple game and you don't need a lot of money to, to play it right. and uh, yeah. get your kids into it. It's not as dangerous as other sports yeah. so in that fact you know it's it's a it's a very safe sport and it, it doesn't cost too much money just just your time exactly um, but sounds yeah, like a dream to us man <laughs> right <laughs> no but it's not it's not much of a i mean you all have your different ways of, of going into the game um, um i'm right i'm not really that the, the tail guy type of guy mm. uh, no, I don't drink any, any beers and stuff like that, but uh, uh, you know, uh, it's 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 a nice culture that you know you have something different, um, different communities. True. I wanna uh-huh. ask you something that I don't really know that much about. Um, uh-huh. Like you, you had a you had you had a good time at Columbus Crew. You were playing, uh-huh. and then I saw you got a transfer to. Minnesota United, which is a, mm-hmm. a new franchise, a new team um, in a new area of the country too, the first time. And uh, I, I never got really why you went there or how that process went. Um, so this is what happened. So, um, uh, you know how when, when you have a new franchise coming into the league, you have like protected players. Um, you can protect like 10 players, I think it is, or Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know which one is which, but something like that. And then you have some players that they can pick from. And so I, I got a, a text from my coach in Columbus saying, you know, I wasn't gonna be one of the protected guys. Obviously, it surprised me because I thought I performed very well there. Both seasons I was there. Yeah. Um, and with the players leaving, I was like, okay, now you know, maybe I'm protected. But anyways. I wasn't, and um, I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Mm. He was like, yeah, we spoke to the, some of the coaches. We don't think he got to be picked. I was like, okay. And then Minnesota called me, and they're like, yeah, we're going to pick you. <laughs> so uh, so I, it was all like a surprise to me because I don't know what the hell's going on, you know, like, yeah. I've never been part of us something like that before, you know, you just change team just like that. Uh, man i followed this league all my life and i still don't understand how like how that sort of stuff works the the drafts work how contracts work i still don't understand that but yeah yeah so it's kind of like but i was like okay you know look at the bright side it's a new franchise you know it could be a new beginning it could uh, spark your career uh it could give you something different a different experience so i was like okay why not you know yeah Uh, yeah, I, I I really look at things the 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 negative side, you know. Nice. Um, I respect the coach, you know. He, he he did what he had to do for his team, you know. That's 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 what you gotta, you just gotta do your thing when you when you come to Minnesota. So it was exciting to actually see that because there is still, you know, a big crowd that is behind the Minnesota team when you look at the yeah. games, yeah, and, yeah. and the interest and the buzz in the city is good i mean you know as you know too um we have a new team in atlanta and we had really good turnout to the games and interest around the entire city man um Mm -hmm. so when you came there 
and they started the preseason, starting to go out to the communities, do interviews, meet with fans. Um, what was your kind of perspective on it? You did you feel like okay, we we have a we have a new franchise team, we will be establishing the MLS, we will do good. What was your kind of thought about the team and the city? I mean, uh, it was going to be a long process. It was always going to be a long process because it's like just saying um, we're going to bring a new team to the Premier League. You know, it's like it's going to take time for you to uh, adapt to the Premier League. It's right. going to take time for you to adapt to the team, for the team to play together. Um, you know, it's always going to, it wasn't going to happen overnight, even though you have uh, preseason <laughs> together. Because even during yeah. preseason, we were still yeah. signing new players. Yeah. So, Like coming into the season, um, I mean, preseason, we had like 10, 12 trialist players. Uh, dude, and, uh, dude, that's so weird for us, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, like, it was weird for me. I didn't know who yeah. was on trial, who was trying, you know? Everybody was new to me, so, like, you can only imagine for everybody else who haven't even been in the MLS how they confused they were. Yeah. And, and I've been in the league for two years, you know? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, So yeah, we you know we we were struggling a little bit you know with with some stuff you know uh, we had Angie Blaker who who actually tried to help most of the team um, she's a team admin and uh, um, she helped us with 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 anything we wanted you know but uh, it's, it's difficult for one person to to help a whole team when you have a team of 24, 25 players everybody calling her and you know she'd rarely sleep uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, you feel a little bit sorry for her, but we, we had a lot of issues yeah. uh, going on at the time. What about the uh, coach, Adrian Heath? It's like, if you're starting a new team, it's maybe not necessarily certain who's going to be the you know, main players, who's going to be starting most of the time or even coming off the bench most of the time. Did he express good you know, faith in you? Did, you? did he trust you, do you feel? Apparently not, because I got trained. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> no, but, uh, What is that, man? What is that? What is that? What? I mean, uh, uh, trading. Like, what is what is that? Are you a product that you just can't give away like that anytime <laughs> you want? I don't. I don't know. I think like you're signed by the league, so yeah. Uh, like, I'm not first guy who gets traded, and mm. I certainly won't be the last guy who will be traded. But uh, you know, no, he's a good coach. You know. He, Um, I think he, also him he had to do what he had to do for his team you know for his team to to, to perform um, and he needed that little bit more defensive guy with with a lot of experience and and he, he got two guys who, who were you know yeah. um, perfect fit for the team and you know you don't blame a guy like that because his job is on the line too so uh, there's not really you know um, yeah I'm sure it's a hard best for... I'm sure it's a hard decision for him to make too Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. But the thing is, like, it's it's for the player as well. Like, um, you find out the morning of, like, okay, well, you know, you've been traded, and I'm like, uh, okay, you know, like, you don't have time to react because, like, you're in the locker room and um, you've changed and everything, and like, you get told, well, you know, you've been traded to this this team. Uh, I can't imagine how that would be, man. Like, so... what kind of? I just got my apartment like uh, a week and a half ago. And, I still don't have my furniture. You know, there's so many like parts, aspects that wasn't you know perfect. But yeah, hey, there's always a plan for 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 everybody. So, 
you know, most of the people like I don't want to generalize too much, but if you if you move to a new town, you just got your apartment, you're thinking about the entire season is gonna come up, you know, you um, looking forward to go out and play and do your best and kind of plan your you know short term future here, and all of a sudden get a decision like that or a message like that from the coach or from the club. A lot, I think you would feel a bit resentment or be upset. But as I talk to you, I understand that you look always on the bright side too. Yeah. Um, is that something that comes from your faith or, or, or do you still maybe feel some type of resentment or upset that they made this call? No, it comes from my dad. My dad's always happy. Um, you know, no matter what happens, there's always, it could be worse or, you know, you gotta look at things the bright side, you know, some people don't have what you have and, and stuff like that. And, you know, thinking about that, it's like, really, I, you know, I appreciate that, you know, I'm, I'm playing the, the game that I love and, um, you know, I'm enjoying it, even though, you know, at the time we were losing, but still I'm enjoying playing the game. You know, it's part of the game. You lose, you win, you know, there's uh, so many emotions involved in the game and you're getting paid for it so uh, you know for me it's just trying of course you're disappointed I'm not even gonna lie and say no everything was uh, so nice and no of course I was disappointed you know the way everything was handled mm -hmm. but um, there's nothing I could do about it you know it's, it's nothing I can control yeah <laughs> I remember when you guys played um, Atlanta United man I got, yeah, we're just, we're gonna just talk about <laughs> talk it. about that for a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that snow game uh, with yeah, Minnesota, I was cold. <laughs> a little it was bit. Cold. It was cold, man. I was I was surprised the game went on, but it was cold, and I was cold for a week after that, or two weeks. <laughs> um, I couldn't feel my arm. I'm serious. My arm was numb, and I couldn't feel it for two weeks. <laughs> oh man! Oh, there was so much snow. On the, in that game, I could barely see the ball on, on TV. I could barely see it. It was hard to see the ball. Imagine playing and you, you, you know, someone's passing you the ball and you have to so concentrate on like, where is the ball? Where is the yeah. ball? Yeah. Oh, now I have the ball. You know, like. But it, I mean, it was, it was always gonna be a big score in that game, either if it's us or if it's them. You know, because you know the the the, the field was a type of way which yeah. it was gonna allow a lot of chances. Yeah. You know? uh, <laughs> it was very slippery. It was, it was. But so after uh, after Minnesota, a few games there, you did get transferred to Colorado, as you currently are now. Uh, what's it like? How's your, has your, you know, your moving in been well? Has your transitioning to a new team gone well? Yeah, finally. I mean, I have a bed, I have a couch, you know. I haven't had that for like three, four months. I've, yeah. <laughs> I've been in a hotel for, for three, four months, you know, so... Uh, no, I, I feel um, welcome there, and you know, they, obviously, you know, we haven't had the results that we wanted, but uh, we're trying to change the, the style of play um, and hope to create a lot of chances. The thing is, it's it's not gonna come overnight. It's nah. something that it's a working progress. You know, uh, people getting comfortable with the system, people, um, you know, uh, developing as players and as people. You know, uh, of course. Now is the time when we're gonna get tested the most because of the results, and you know, at the end of the day, football is about the results, and um, it hasn't going our way this um, so far. You know, as uh, Colorado, the last couple seasons has been a club that's like 
super super they get the results like last season they got good results like mm-hmm. most said, yeah. which is important but they all one zero two zero goals like very heavy on the defense so right. i'm kind of excited to hear that you say that you know trying to change up the style be create a bit more chances going forward uh make corner yeah. a bit more fun to watch so will you if we already described your playing style um quick and yeah i already told the playing style do you feel like you get the you have the confidence from the coach or do you think you're gonna be playing in that role where they're gonna actually use the best of your skills yeah no no i'm confident i mean as soon as i got traded they called me both you know the coach and the the, the sporting director saying you know um they want to play a certain way and, and that i was part of the plan and i mean I see by the action, you know, not just by them talking. I see by the action. I've been playing a lot, you know. I've, I've tried to do my best, and I've been playing uh, pretty good. But uh, I hope to get um, assist and, and and goals soon, and try to help the team to, to win games. Man, I said beginning on the podcast, like in Swedish, that this guy is touring more than me in US. You know, um, yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been going around a lot. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you compare, like. Sweden as a country and US as a country you you know you've been living in US now a bit more than two years right and uh, you also lived in UK but do you yeah. see big differences in the people in the culture in general uh, I mean it depends what part of, of, of um, the, the state you're in um, you know in general people are very nice people in, in, in the US it's not You know, I've not met bad people um, so far anyway right uh, it's the same really in, in Sweden I think in general it's the same around the world you know yeah it, it is it depends what kind of people you're around and you're, you're gonna get that type of audience you understand like yeah um, so I haven't I haven't met anybody uh, bad either in Sweden England or in the US so that, that's good man I'm nothing really I, I can complain about That's awesome, man. That's awesome. You will come to Atlanta. When was it, Karen? I think June 24th, is if I got that correct. Colorado right. plays Atlanta. Can we can I, can we meet up then? Can I come and say hi? Of course, of course. Can we get autographs? <laughs> <laughs> you have my number. You don't need my autograph. <laughs> we awesome. come to Atlanta, hang out, and score maybe one goal. But hopefully, you know, Atlanta scores two goals. <laughs> We'll score three, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Man, it's been so good. Mo, it's been so good to have you on Oz Coach and King Soccer Podcast Show. It's been nice, man. It's been nice. Yeah. We're looking forward to meet you and talk more to you as the season goes, man. Yeah, following following the you know, the rest of the season, following your career, your play. But you You, you know what I like, man? Um, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> But you know what I like, man? It's like uh, when you talk about your story, when you talk about your life, that you got the nose, the thought that you couldn't make it, and uh, the main motivation for you was to support your grandma and family. And for all, during all these rejections you know like during all these no's or not believing in you it, it kind of comes down Kerry really like you have to really 
believe in yourself. Yeah. You know, like you can you cannot depend on someone else gonna say yes. And the other day you have to uh, if you start doubting yourself that much and not take the risks um, that Mo has done, then it's gonna be hard. You know. And when I hear you, that's what I hear. You know, I had a lot of no's in my life too, but we ha yeah. really have to believe in what we can achieve and trust that. Of course, you have to be confident in yourself, and I think that's what what it comes down to. You know, um, like uh, I, I am a very confident and maybe cocky person, but I don't show it. You know, until I'm on the field and my actions are on the field. Like I don't speak. I, I'm honest about what I think and what I see. Uh, I mean, I will always tell you, but it's not that you know. In an interview, I'm saying I'm the best. Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. That's not. That's not what kind of confidence I, I am I I have my confidence when I'm on the field but when I have the feet or when I have the ball on my feet um, yeah. and you know that's that's my talking you know in a way that's what we do man that's what we do thank you so much bro we appreciate thank it you, thank absolutely you. Thank you. take care thank man you. you have a good day you too man bye, bye. that was Mohammed Saeed Colorado Rapids midfielder real nice to have real pleasure to have on the show got some nice perspectives uh on his life on what it's like to be a upcoming player in europe in sweden in england uh, as well as the sort of mls landscape he really gave us the insight of uh, personal strength that mohammed has yeah uh, the personal motivation and uh, that life can change in metal seconds or the soccer career life can change in a matter of seconds. That one one second you're practicing and another time you're off to a different club. But still keep moving forward with what you are best in and keep developing, right? Right, right. And, you know, confident in your abilities, um, like I said at the end there. And, I mean, it just takes a little bit for even things look like they're going against you. It just takes a little bit. For things to suddenly turn and go your way i really hope that we have young listeners out there that have listened to our podcast and can get inspired by the journey that mohammed has taken there might be players that are in the similar situations there might be players that uh, are maybe too small and keep here and they won't make it ridiculous we, this is stupid yeah keep going is yeah uh, i mean what is that you know I know. I mean, especially if you hear if that, that one in particular. I mean, that pisses me off. You hear, I hear it so many times. I hear that story so many times in soccer in particular. Every time, it's like that person has gone on to become a great player. So enough said. We have the proof here. So please keep playing often. Please keep doing your best, and please don't be afraid to take risks if you want to pursue to happiness then you just have to keep going on and believing in yourself. It was a great honor to talk to Mohamed Sayed, Colorado Rapids from my hometown, Erbro, Sweden. And it's time for me and Kerry <laughs> to go out and kick the ball around. We're not gonna make it a pro, but we still love the game. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, we wanna say thank you and hedo. Bye bye. And people still steady trying to point my flaws out And I'd be lying if I say it ain't get to me But I'm a champion, legend History I'm always pushing myself to the limit
unless you're on your own Build a foundation with the bricks they throw In a black and white world, true colours show Change if you want, everybody grows And life's like an ill, but try and get a hold Opinions ain't facts, take them in and let them go That's right. You made me who I am